This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores. Hey, this is Dean Blandino, and you're listening to Clark and Ira on the I Test for Two podcast. Well, as you should know by now, this is a Hall of Fame-themed program. Ira and I are Hall of Fame voters, and we have a Hall of Fame producer in Mr. Ian Glendon. So we're always, always interested in Hall of Fame-related events. And there was one last weekend that if you don't live in New England, where Ian used to live and where I do live, you may have missed it. And that was the induction of defensive lineman Richard Seymour into the New England Patriots Hall of Fame with a ceremony last Saturday at Foxborough Stadium, where he began by asking the audience this. And I have one question. What took so damn long? (laughs) You know what? That is a good question. That is a good question. Because Richard Seymour is the franchise's seventh inductee, and he's one of the most decorated. Uh, He's a seven-time Pro Bowler five-time All-Pro, three-time Super Bowl winner, and first-team All-Decade choice. Richard Seymour is on another Hall of Fame shortlist as well, and that's the Pro Football Hall of Fame with Patriots coach Bill Belichick last week, giving him a push. I think he called him um, a generational talent and said there is nobody, nobody like Richard Seymour. Anyway, Richard's been a three-time finalist at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's finished in the top 10 the past two years. And if you listen to this podcast, and we sure hope you do, he seems ready to make a move to Canton in 2022. So we are fortunate, very fortunate to have Richard Seymour with us today from his home in Georgia. And full disclosure, Richard, our producer, Ian Glendon, yep, he's a diehard New England Patriots. He may jump in with a question. Yeah, come on. Yeah, but thanks for being here. And, And since you ask. What did take so damn long to get you into the Patriots Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what? It's a good thing I'm a patient man, right? Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, I talked with Mr. Kraft, and he said, you know what? I don't know what took so long either. But he was like, you know what he's putting on? He says, you know what? Last year was COVID, and we didn't have any. Uh, he's like, ah, you know, so, um, like I said, you know, it's a, it's a tremendous honor. And, um, you know, I just think about, you know, just reflecting on the weekend that I had up there, you know, I I, I was able to, and, and and by the way, the Patriots have one of the most beautiful Hall of Fame, um, you know, up there that you can walk through and then it's interactive for the fans and that sort of thing. So when my kids were there, they were young. So I would always talk about, you know, 
uh, our success that we had. And they always saw the trophies and the rings. And, you know, New Dad was a Super Bowl champion. But to, to, to walk back there and for my kids and all of my family to experience that, uh, I think now – my son has a newfound respect. So when I tell him to do something on the football field, I think he understands, well, I think dad played at a high level. So I think he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, well, good things. And, and in this case, great things come to those who wait. And, and Richard, mm-hmm. I listened to your speech. It was emotional. It was poignant. It was funny at points, too. It was a terrific speech. Um, but I'm wondering how emotional that was for you to be back in Foxborough last weekend and, and to be yeah. at the center of attention in a stadium where you had excelled for so many years. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, I always said this, I, you know, going back, I had no expectations in terms of uh, what the weekend would be like. I just wanted to embrace the moment. And it, just from that standpoint, like I was really blown away by the, by the fan support and by the, my teammates and everybody that's meant so much to me throughout my career. So that was really the special part for me. Um, just kind of, you know, relishing in that because as a player, you never really look back and reflect on your accomplishments. It's always, you know, proving yourself and what's next and it's the next goal and that sort of thing. But, you know, this weekend was really about, you know, if you will, just kind of basking in it just, to, just a tad bit. And that's kind of uncomfortable. Um, personally, but I was just able to share that moment with so many people that has, uh, you know, you know, poured so much in, into my life. So, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a part of my legacy and I'm truly honored that, you know, this weekend uh, far exceeded, you know, all of my expectations. Richard, what, Rich, what couple, you, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. all right. Rich, couple questions about your eight, eight year stint in, uh, in Foxborough. Um, mm-hmm. Rich, you're a kid coming out of Georgia, first-round pick, 2001. You don't know what the heck to expect on the pro level. And right. Mr. Seymour, Mr. When, when the dust settles, you, you got three rings in four years uh, as a professional. Uh, and and I, don't th- I think what a lot of people are missing is, you know, even though those teams had Tom Brady, Rich, those early teams, they were carried yeah. by defense, by New Absolutely. England defense. So. Rich, yeah. at that point, did you think you were going to end up with like 10 rings or something? I was like, man, this is easy, right? I love this NFL thing. <laughs> and then, like you said, the dust settled. <laughs> and and the reality of, you know, the parity in the league and, you know, how good teams are and you're playing against the best players in the world. Um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, as you stated, you know, coming out of the University of Georgia, um, who I, you know, I, I feel like prepares kids for the next level as good as any program in the country. And, you know, I had a really good defensive line coach uh, that really taught me the game. And, you know, just to understand, you know, playing with your hands, running to the football, um, being a physical and dominant and, you know, playing good, fundamentally sound ball. And, you know, so I, I just thought, uh, you know, I was gifted. But when you put, you know, the fundamentals and the discipline on top of it, you know, that's what really separates, you know, good from great. And so, you know, I was very, very fortunate. And, and, and to that point, you know, I, I was very fortunate because I came into, you know, the Patriot. I was 20 years old and, you know, I had defensive linemen like Anthony Pleasant and Bobby Hamilton um, who uh, were, were just technicians. 
and continue to push the point home. If you want to be in this league a long time, you got to do the little things right. And I was just very fortunate to, you know, play with smart players like Mike Grable, just, um, you know, Junior Seau came in a little bit later, but, you know, Rodney Harris and Teddy Bruschi, like the list goes on. And, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm most proud of is, you know, with all of those veterans that were there, you know, in my second year, you know, I was captain. And I think, you know, that's something that said, you know, and, and, and being a Catholic, it carries a ton of responsibility. You never want to let your teammates down. And, you know, that being bestowed on me at an early age, um, you know, I, I took it serious. And, I, and like I said, um, I never wanted to uh, to let my teammates down. And, you know, it, it pushed me to to higher higher heights. Rich, I'm, I'm going to push you down to 2009 uh, training camps over. Uh, you're going to go into your ninth year in New England. And, Rich, all of a sudden, you know, the roof caves in and there's a trade to the Raiders and 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 you don't know what's going on. And, and of course, Rich, they go 5-11 and 11, your, your first damn year, you know, with the Raiders. And you're not used to 5-11. and 11. Um, Looking back, Rich, how blindsided were you uh, by that deal? Yeah, I mean, I had no clue that it was happening, but, you know, and that was then in the moment, right? Um, but I'm a firm believer that, you know, uh, his ways are better than our ways. You know, that's just, you know, from a spiritual standpoint. And I, I, I'll just say this. I was able to take everything that I learned from the Patriots and take it to a young bunch of guys that, you know, needed, you know, that leadership, needed that guidance. And I was just able to share and pour into their lives as well. And, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, just my relationship. I, and I'll say this, as a defensive lineman, you know, it's really no place that you would rather play than uh, with the Raiders. I mean, it's tough, it's physical, it's dominant, it's nasty. So that kind of fit, uh, you know, my mentality as a defensive lineman. And like I said, I was able to be fulfilled because I was able to pour into other guys' lives, you know. And I think the next year we might have swept the division. So we were building, and then I think, you know, Jason Campbell got hurt, who was our quarterback at the time. Um, but, you know, we were always in the mix. And and like I said, you know, uh, you know, I enjoyed my time in, in, in Oakland. And as, you know, as, as everybody says, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. So they'll always be near and dear to my heart. We're speaking with Richard Seymour on the eye test for two and Richard since Ira mentioned 2009. I'll never forget being at the 2009 playoff game in New England at Gillette Stadium. And they were playing the Baltimore Ravens. First play of the game, Ray Rice goes about 80 yards up the middle. I think he's still carrying the ball. Couldn't be stopped. <laughs> Ron Borges, who presents you to the Pro Football Hall of Fame voters, turned around and said to me, Never would have happened with Seymour in there. Never would have happened. So mm. it, it's, it's <laughs> funny that uh, I, I remember that well because I, I asked him then, how important was he to that front four, that front three, whatever they were playing, five, six, mm -hmm, whatever they mm -hmm, were doing? Mm -hmm. And he said he was indispensable. And he said they're going to really regret letting him go. And since I mentioned that game, I want to bring in Ian Glendon because he is a Patriots fan. That wasn't one of his fondest memories, but I know he does want to ask you some questions. Uh, it's almost yeah, like we sure. it's almost like we planned this ahead of time, but we really didn't because I was actually going to bring up one of my fondest memories, which uh, goes all the way back to 2003. I believe it was Week 13, the nine and two Patriots versus the nine and two Colts, and one of my favorite uh, regular season games, and it might be yours as well, Richard, is. The goal line stand 
to keep Peyton Manning out. I think it was 38 to 34, you know, touchdown wins of the game, first and goal on the first or second yard line. And, you know, we all remember the end result of Willie McGinnis breaking through the line. And I believe it was Edron James that he held back. Um, yeah, for sure. Where does that kind of rank? And I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of fond memories, obviously, of your time with the Patriots. Yeah. But game-wise, moment-wise, stand-wise, where does that moment uh, rank for you in terms of just it, what you remember? Yeah, well, you know what? That was always one of the toughest places to play because, mm-hmm. you know, Peyton, he has a quick release. You know, he has such command of that offense. And, you know, every time we got ready to play, you know, uh, you know the Colts, we always had to give give different looks, different fronts, disguise coverages, just because if you did the same thing, he would always pick it apart. So he was one of the most difficult guys to prepare for, play against. And, you know, um, you know, I, I think as a competitor, um, you know, his competitive nature and style, it always pushed us to higher heights mm-hmm. as well, because, you know, we, we knew he was just an elite, you know, uh, like I said, you know, next generational type player. And so, um you know, from that standpoint, I think, uh, you know, we were very fortunate to get the get the stop. You know, uh, you know, Willie Max let, let, lets us know all the time he made that tackle and ran down the field. And um, so, you know, it, it, it's pretty high. But, you know, I, I'll say for me in terms of, you know, the way I look at a lot of, uh, you know, football, I always thought it was the body of work um, from over over the course of a career. You know, not just one game, you know, uh, or, or one play um, it, It's when you look at everything in its totality, being able to play in multiple defenses, multiple fronts, uh, you know, pro bowls at different positions, uh, you know, and and I always tried to compete and I always cared what my opponents thought about me Mm. in terms of the other offensive linemen that I played against. You know, Um, I wanted them to say, man, the guy doesn't quit. He doesn't stop. We have to bring our lunch pail, you know, every single day. And I think at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for from a competitor is like, man, the guy competes his butt off and, you know, we totally respect that. So, you know, uh, you know, I was very fortunate in my career to play, um, you know, with a lot of really good players and uh, who were a lot older and a lot, you know, wiser. And, um, you know, they were just able to share, you know, their values and, and the nuances of the game and how, how football is such a mental game and you got to be mentally tough. And, you know, you always face so, so much, you know, facing guys like Peyton and, you know, um, on down the road. So you got to be, uh, you know, a student of the game as well. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, Coach Belichick, um, you know, uh, one of the traits that, you know, I admired most. Now, you, you fortunately got to, uh, I guess, go against another all-time great who happens to still be playing right now at a very high level in, in Tom Brady. Um, he's been right. known to uh, trash talk from time to time. I know him and Mike Vrabel <laughs> used to jaw back yeah. and forth. Uh, do you have any particular right. moment where the two of you uh, got into it, playful or not? But uh, any memories of that? Yeah, well, you know what? He's, he's an ultra-competitive guy, and I'm an ultra-competitive guy as well. So we, we've had our battles, you know, out on the practice field. And, you know, I'm talking noises, offensive linemen and, and running backs and that sort of thing. And, you know, um, you know, even those times when we were there, I think it pushed both sides to be super elite, you know. Because Tom, as, as, as we stated, he was a young guy, but we could tell, like, he was, you know, trending to, you know, that, you know, face-of-the-league type player. And, you know, our defense, we just wasn't going to let it happen. So um, we had a, a, a ton of battles in practice that, you know, that were legendary. And so 
Um, you know, I, I think, you know, anytime you compete against the best, it always brings the best out of you. And, you know, like I said, we've not only not only on the field, but even in the locker room playing games. And, you know, I, I remember a lot of Brady stories there as well. So, you know, okay, and a dear friend. Richard, since you mentioned your coach, Bill Belichick, um, he did spend a lot of time last week talking you up to reporters. And then also when he introduced you or, or talked about you at the Hall of Fame induction at, at uh, mm-hmm. Foxborough, said a lot of nice things about you, um, and, and many of which we know about. But um, there's some things and a lot of things about him nobody really knows about. So I'm going to ask you, as somebody who played under him and certainly believed in what he was talking about, what did you learn from him that you don't think you could have learned or did learn from other coaches? Um, he was just so meticulous in every detail. And, you know, he had he always would come in the meeting room. So let, let, let's say we're getting ready to play a game, and I don't care. Let's say it's the Denver Broncos. He's going to give us – three or four things that we must do in order to win that game. Because he he was at work 4 a.m., and I don't know if he ever left. And he'd come up with these game plans and, you know, uh, you know just to put it all in, in context, he'd, he'd, he'd give us three or four things that we must do. And it never failed. If we did those things, we won. If we didn't or we we only did maybe, you know, two of the three or two of the four, you know, it was a closer game or, you know, we didn't get the win. And so, you know, we just had a, the, a ton of confidence because we knew that he was going to turn over every stone in, in order to be prepared. And so uh, when, when you're able to see it, you know, through checks and balances and, and, and what he's saying, uh, it makes a ton of sense. And so we everybody just bought in. And like I said, you know, Tom was young and he was coming into his own and then he just developed and, you know, was a super elite guy. And, you know, just being able to put all of that together, I think, um, you know, just really bodes well for what we were trying to do and accomplish. Rich, I think you're going to get some good news in uh, January and February, I think. Mm. Um, <laughs> but Rich, there, there's guys in your wake and, and I know uh, you, you feel strongly about them. Um Rich, I talked to Coach Belichick uh, a year ago. I was presenting John Lynch as the Tampa representative. And, Rich, it took eight years, eight years, but he got in. Um, So I wanted to get a quote from Belichick. And, um, you know, I asked him about John Lynch, and he said, great player. But he said, Ira, right now, my my mind's on Rodney Harrison. Uh, He's fantastic. I can't believe he's not in. Um, So, Rich, um, there's – you know, guys like Wolfork, you got Harrison, McGinnis. Um, Rich, a word or two about some of your compatriots uh, on those great New England defenses. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I said, I played with a ton of great players. And, uh, you know, obviously to be in this conversation, you got to be, you know, in my mind, you know, generational type talent. And, you know, it's the elite of the elite. And so I'll say this in terms of Rodney Harrison, um, you know, he was a super competitive guy and he, he, when he came to our team in 2003, uh, and he, he said it, he used to practice with junior say and junior really taught him what it meant to be uh, a true professional. And he brought that mentality to the Patriots. And I'm telling you, it really took our team to the next level, um, just from a leadership standpoint. 
um, and challenging every guy in a, in a really fun way too. challenging every guy to be your best. And, you know, we'd circle um, a few things in on the film. And if you didn't do it, we, you know, laugh at a guy or whatever the case may be. But it was all in good fun to get everybody to race to that level. But, you know, Rodney was. You know, if you came over that middle, him and Kevin Falk had so many epic battles in practice. And um, I, I'm a firm believer of, you know, I play with a lot of guys, but, um, you know, Rodney's dear to my heart. And I think, uh, you know, just with his play on the field, um, he definitely deserves the right to be in the conversation to um, one day put on a gold jacket. Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Rich, I want to ask you about the 07 season. It was um, something that just sticks out. Uh, and, and I know you don't want to think about it too much, but Rich, in a way, I think if New England wins that Super Bowl, that's the number one team in NFL history, Rich. And I think you agree with me. How much fun was it during that regular season, uh, you know, beating teams by 20, 30? You had Randy Moss and Rich, right. uh, are you over that? Are you over that Super Bowl loss yet? <laughs> Well, you know what? You, 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 as a player, you never really think about the ones you got. It's the ones you don't get. They kind of burns and sting the most, right? And so, you know, that's one where, you know what, we take our hats off to the Giants. Every ball bounced their way that game, and they played a tremendous game. Um, they put themselves in position to win it. Um, you know, so for us, uh, it was – it was. Uh, yeah, I don't think I watched ESPN for about three weeks after that game. So <laughs> I still barely watch uh, some of the highlights now. Um, I give Rodney a hard time uh, about the helmet catch, and he said, "Ah, oh, well, if you would have just grabbed Peyton, none of this would have never happened." I'm, well, Eli. <laughs> uh, so you know, we tease each other all the time, but it's ain't good fun, you know. But um, you know, it's just one of those things where you know it is what it is. We're speaking with Richard Seymour on the eye test for two. And it's funny, Richard, since I mentioned that, we were at that game and, and I thought Eli was in the grasp. I thought they were going to call in the grasp. But somehow yeah. he gets the ball up well, there. Well, 2021 is definitely in the grasp. Yeah, definitely in the grasp. <laughs> That's right. Definitely in the grasp. Because they talk about what a great catch Tyree made, and it was. But to me, it doesn't happen without Eli getting out and throwing the ball yeah, up there. Right. Know? Yeah, so, no, that, that's definitely true. And, and and you know what? Somebody sent me a picture. One of the fans sent me a picture. And uh, I think the center had his hand around my neck. And then the guard <laughs> had my, my pull in my jersey. And I, it was just like, how is this not holding? How is we not getting nothing? How is it not in the grass and the whole nine? But, you know, it's just one of those plays that, like I said, it'll go down. And, uh, you know, obviously we were on the wrong side of it. But. You know, um, you know, it's always a, a a fond memory just to be able to play in in, in four Super Bowls. You know, oh, I, yeah. you know, that's something. Yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And 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 since it was mentioned, Ian mentioned about uh, Tom Brady. You, you joined New England in two thousand one, and that's the year that Tom took over the team after Drew Bledsoe got hurt. And you right. guys, of course, went to the Super Bowl and you won the Super Bowl that year. What is something about him that you know that that most people don't? Could you repeat that again? Uh, sure. Uh, what is something about Tom Brady that you know that, that most people don't? What is something about him that most people don't yeah. know about Tom Brady? Uh, you, you know, I, I think, and, and I, not that most people don't know this, um, but if you ever had interactions with Tom, uh, you leave there feeling like 
you know, man, this guy really, really cares. And, you know, he's uh, so in tune with um, this, the, just the raw emotions and the human side of, of football and making everybody feel a part. I think that's one of the things where, you know, guys, like, they want to win uh, for him, so to speak, because they know he cares. And he not only does he care just about the X and O's, but he also cares about you as a person. And I think that's one of the things where – uh, I, I just remember, you know, sharing stories with Tom and, you know, we, we might have just uh, and, and I don't mind, you know, saying that we were leaving uh, one of the parades and we were heading to Hawaii because we were going to the Pro Bowl. But we just had I don't know, like eight hours together just to kind of talk uh, about a lot of different things in life and that sort of thing. But, you know, we also shared some emotional times, you know, because that year my mom, my dad passed away, but we were just able to share. And I just remember having these conversations and you could just tell, you know, his eyes were flooding up or, you know, so we just was able to just share so much. And I think just that side of who he is, um, you know, really speaks volumes and the football side of it, you know, that, that comes and goes, but you know, who you are as a person and, and, and doing the little things, right. I, I think that's one of the reasons that he's able to, you know, play at such a high level for so long, just because, you know, that attention to detail and, and, and making people feel like, uh, you know, they truly matter. Just wondering if Mike Evans had handed you Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass. We, what we, would we'd you... still be negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> you answered my question. You answered my question. <laughs> I need to be his agent. I need to be his agent. He should have called me. I would have got Tom on the line and said, hey, here's what we got to do. So... <laughs> I like the Bitcoin piece to it, but we go, hey, we need a little bit more. Let's go. Well, even Brady acknowledged <laughs> that. He said he lost his leverage when he gave the ball back. <laughs> hey, Rich, Rich, I got one more. Rich, uh, thanks so much for doing this. Appreciate uh-huh. your time and best uh-huh. of luck. Uh, you got at least two votes in that room from, uh, from Clark and I um, and Borges. So that's three. It. Absolutely. Thank you so Rich, much. Here's my question. Um, when Brady left the Patriots, Rich, some people, you know, in the media, they were quick to jump on it and say, this is going to be the ultimate test. Who was more important, Coach Belichick or Tom Brady, to the New England dynasty? And, of course, Rich, Brady wins the Super Bowl right off the bat in Tampa. And, and you know, Coach Belichick goes through a tough season, and they're off to a tough start now. So, Rich, isn't that a little bit simplistic? I, I don't think you believe that uh, Belichick's accomplishments have been diminished uh, at, at, at all in New England. No, not at all. I think um, everybody that's been around that organization, uh, you know, they understand um, where the, the leadership and where everything flows from. And, you know, I think Tom will tell you himself that, you know, we've all learned so much about the game of football. And, you know, Coach Belichick, he's he's forgot more information than we'd ever know, you know. And, you know, just to be in, uh, you know, his uh, his attention to detail, doing all the little things right. Like he was just able to share so much with his team. And, and like I said, whatever he uh, spoke of, it came to pass. And, you know, I. I'll just say this, at the end of the day, both, you know, Coach Bell and Tom Brady are, you know, obviously in the top 100 players to ever do it, if not, you know, in or, you know, coach player. And if they're not, you know, one and one, 
right? So just in terms of, you know, what they meant to that area, not only just New England, but just to the game of football. And, um, you know, just as a, as, as a player that's played with both of them, um, both of them are uh, elite, uh, brilliant minds that truly care. And, you know, the success that Tom had, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Um, obviously I didn't, I didn't pick him to win a Super Bowl in his first year out. Right. But, um, you know, I, 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 I think he'll be the first to tell you that, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've all learned, like it all comes from coach Belichick that, you know, he really has the fundamentals and the, dif- the discipline down in terms of what we need to be looking for as a team. So, um, I'm, I'm grateful for both. I've got a I've got a couple more for you, Richard, and they're short ones. One is um, you mentioned the captaincy in your second year at New England. Tom Brady has said when he was elected captain of Michigan, University of Michigan, the football team, it was the greatest honor he's ever had. How do you feel about getting the captaincy of the New England Patriots, especially at such an early age? Yeah, um, you know what? I, I I'll just you know. At the end of the day, for me, um, I, I was a young guy. I was super talented. Um, but I'll say this. I, I just thought I was kind of, um, you know, you know, you kind of hear the stories where, you know, wise beyond your years and da 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 da, da. Um, But I'll just I'll just bring it back to, I, I think, um, the the balance that I had in, in terms of growing up with, uh, with my mom and my dad and, you know, really just teaching me, you know, the compassion and the love on, on my mom's side, but also the discipline and being a man of your word and a man of honor, you know, from my dad. And I think, you know, that's some of the qualities that my teammates saw. And then, you know, I was, uh, you know, always super competitive and wanted to win. And, you know, rather it was Texas guys in the offseason. And I also think being a leader, you know, carries um, it's, it's an active duty in terms of, you know, some days it's, you know, putting a, putting your arm around a guy that, you know, his head might be in the dumps. But next day it may be getting on a teammate that, you know, needs it. So it's being able to be flexible and, and understanding what, what it is that you're trying to do and trying to accomplish. Because at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is winning. And, you know, I just absolutely hate to lose. So whatever we need to do to um, to get the win and everybody be on the same page, I, I I think that's when you have the most fun, you know? And so, um, like I said, I was just very fortunate but for a lot of different reasons. It isn't just one thing that I just lay my hat on and say, all right, why you were captain in your second year, but it's, it's a combination of so much, so many. Um, and you know, that's. I was going to say also listening to your uh, speech last weekend, you've got one of the best laughs I've ever heard. That come from your mom or your come from your come from your mom or your dad. Yeah, you know what? My teammates they would always say the same thing. I I was uh you know giving Brewski a hug this weekend. He was like, "Oh man, I missed that laugh." So it's a good one. It's a yeah, good one. No, I definitely appreciate it. And 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 lastly, uh, you mentioned something which I think is so important to people who don't know about the Patriots' success, and that's you talked about sacrificing individual success for team success. How that was a mantra mm. there. If you could stand in front of the Hall of Fame voters today and convince them that, listen, don't pay attention to numbers. I I moved up and down that defensive line. I was moved to where I was most important. I don't think you're going to have to convince them you're going into Canton because Mm -hmm. R and I have made it pretty clear 
I think that's what's going to happen. But if you had to make your case to them, what would you tell them? Yeah. Oh, man, it's kind of hard for me to kind of make a case. You know, as a player, you know, like I said, I think the ultimate, you know, um, respect that I could get is, you know, from a different player is just, you know, the guy never, he never quit. He was always uh, a, a competitor. And like I said, you know, winning was the the most um, important thing for us at the end of the day. Like, even if you look at Tom's stats in those early, right. you know, Super Bowl years, like it wasn't like he was jumping off the page by any stretch or da 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 But at the end of the day, whatever it took to win, you know, wherever Coach Belichick needed us, um, we didn't care who, who did it, who got the accolades. Like, we just absolutely wanted to um, – and that was the most important thing. And so – um, you know, having a lot of veterans, but you know, just in t- I, I'll just say this: I think the true football fans and the true writers who really understand football, I think they they understand and they get it. You know, just to the average fan, you know, most fans they're going to look at, hey, let's, you know, who scored the most or da 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 da. You know what I mean? But when you really get into the nuts and bolts of why, um, you know, I think my name would, you know. Uh, you know, be among the, the elite to do it. Well, your name's among the elite of those who've been on this broadcast. team. Thanks so much for no, joining us. And, and we will see you in Canton soon, very soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank Thanks, you for Rich. having me, guys. Enjoy the rest you of your day. It. You got right, it, Richard. Thank you. For sure. Take care. Thank you. No worries. That was Richard Please. Seymour and Ira. Um, love talking to him. I, I love talking to him. He does have a great laugh. And Ian's great to have you join in this as well. But um, he was a great player. He was a great player. Yeah, he was. And uh, Clark, what we don't know is uh, with uh, with the departure of David Baker, will there be a, a knock on the door for Richard Seymour or are they going to uh, yeah. they're going to bury that tradition? We don't yeah, know. I, I, I don't know that. But I tell you what, um, if there's a knock on the door of Richard Seymour, he's the one guy who could hold off David Baker. You know, if David Baker is rushing <laughs> in that room, Richard Seymour is a tough guy. And, and I think the thing that comes through, he's he's an extremely kind generous and caring person and that comes through whenever you talk to him but um anyway uh enjoyed that conversation thoroughly and ian thanks for taking part in that um i also want to mention uh i I did say something about uh, tom brady's 600th touchdown pass and and how it was given to a fan in the stands in tampa where you guys are his name is byron kennedy i think he's a 29 year old my question to you guys is is he a local celebrity now i mean is this guy well known throughout the Tampa area? Well, the Tampa Bay Times has, has written 11 stories on him, Clark. It's been 11. <laughs> Does he have his own column? <laughs> Ian, he might have, have a podcast by next week, Clark. <laughs> he might. Ian, you got him on the, on the podcast? Yeah. I, I was out of town, so unfortunately I wasn't there to catch uh, uh, Brady's uh, 600th touchdown or receive his 600th touchdown pass. So um, uh, I, I – I, I should find him and then tell him, like, I would have held out for more. Even I would have held out for a well, little bit well, more. I was going to ask you guys. I mean, autographed footballs, uh, jerseys, um, season tickets, big $1,000 gift certificate at the team store, and then a Bitcoin from Tom Brady's worth $63,000. Did he get jobbed or <laughs> fair deal? Look, see, season, I would have held, uh, gonna... held out for Brady's yacht. Yeah. <laughs> Go for Brady's yacht. Uh, I was going to say season tickets are that's only just a bill for me that that that's parking that's go. that's concessions that's, that's time right. spent away so yeah I would have held out for a little bit more maybe a nice check but the bitcoin is nice though yeah bitcoin is very nice anyway um 
Final thoughts here. Are you got any final thoughts about Byron Kennedy or anything else going on down there? Well, I, I do have a final thought, Clark, and it's about the National Football League. Um, this Washington story, Clark, it, it's mm-hmm. not going away. Right. As much as the league would like it to. I don't really know why Commissioner Goodell had a press conference the other day. He didn't have to. It wasn't mandatory. Um, and I don't think the league came off very well in the press conference. So, Clark, this story's ongoing, and I think it's only the tip of the iceberg. And there will be more people to pay than John Gruden when, at the end of the day. Yeah, no, that's right. And I agree with you on that. Also, I'm sort of disturbed by his comments on the Deshaun Watson availability. And, you know, we don't know that much about it. We're letting the FBI handle this. I mean, you know, I go back to the Ray Rice situation where they kind of tried to sweep that away. And then the TMZ did more investigative work than the league office. So um, I, I, I thought it was a disappointing news conference as well. Ira. Um, how about you, Ian? I, I get your thoughts on. Either, yeah, I mean, I, I, look, anyone, anyone who uh, followed Deflategate with a skeptical eye yep. does isn't surprised by kind of the ongoing way the league handles things because you know that whole investigation again if if you were on the side of the patriots you were obviously looking at a, a you know at it with a very very skeptical eye and you saw that there were a lot of inconsistencies a lot of sketchy uh dealings when it came to all that and here we are again with yet another investigation that i mean have they ever nailed an investigation ever and uh, uh clark uh clark yeah. there's another bombshell on, on the uh on the fringes that's oncoming, which I think is uh, about Stan Kroenke, Clark. Yeah, right. And what happened uh, in leaving St. Louis, there might be some fraud involved. And and Clark, now Kroenke's trying to get out of the indemnification. And I think think he's alienating a lot of owners in the process, Clark. Yeah, I do too. I I, I used to like the film Meet Me in St. Louis years ago. I think that's what we're going to have here in the future with an expansion team. Meet Me in St. Louis and try to get rid of the cost that's going to take for settling this whole thing. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Um, we should talk about that next week. Maybe get Byron Kennedy on here. What do you say, Ian? Do you track him down? Yeah, I, 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 I can do some work. I can do some work. All right. Well, if you'd like to hear more I Test for Two podcasts, just go to fullpresscoverage.com. Click on the menu bar and pull down the podcast icon. You click on the I Test for Two. It's pretty easy. And then, voila, there we are. In the meantime, thanks for listening and see you next week.